taking over hello welcome back this is my podcast now just me i'm emma this is we watch dead people to my right (coughs) oh god (laughs) just falling apart to my right is my assistant will tomer say hello will hello we're happy to have you and by we i mean me glad to be here snap snap back okay (laughs) because We're about to take a deep dive into a doo-doo toilet. We can't have you being a piece of doo-doo, too. That's a good point. I think a lot of people are going to resent that we don't like this. No, they're not going to resent it because a lot of people didn't like this movie. If we had done an episode on the first movie, they would be more mad at us. Oh, you want to talk about the first movie, too? I thought we were doing both movies. Oh, I thought we were just doing two. I thought we were doing both of them. Everybody's already... Why don't... Okay. Should we schedule meetings? Do you want to have, like, a production meeting? <laughs> we talked about it earlier. I thought we had agreed. No. Oh, well, my bad. Maybe well, this is also just couples therapy. talk about both We're movies, We're working though. on our communication. You want to talk about both? Yeah. I, one of my qualms with number we two. We haven't even said what it is. We're talking about it. Pennywise, the dancing fucking clown. No, that's from not what Stephen it's called. It's called It coked up insane brain people talk about it like it's some sort of reverent piece of horror art it's just a a cocaine fueled fever dream is that true yeah he was in the midst of like a just a decade-long cocaine bender did he admit that yeah oh makes sense i think it shows (laughs) Mm. well i mean neither one of us has read the book well, I have not, but I think based on the subject material that we've seen here. And, yeah, yeah. And from what I do know about the book. So, I mean, yeah, we should come at it with that caveat. Neither of us have read It. Yep. It being the movie. No, wait. It being the book. We've seen both the movies. Actually, we went and saw a fun just I've also tidbit. seen the TV movie. Have Okay, yeah, see, I haven't. Oh, I'm coming at this ill-prepared. I'm not prepared to talk about this. What makes me... Why are we doing this? Well, why am you, I... Why do I get to talk about this stuff? What are you talking about? That's the whole purpose of this show. What? Is that you're coming to it with like a fresh, haven't seen these things perspective. Oh. Then why am I so jaded? <laughs> because we've done 20 episodes and now you know something and so now you're a little more jaded. I guess. Yeah. But no, I haven't seen... Oh, sorry, before you so rudely interrupted me on my own show, just shush, we are just a fun little tidbit of trivia that has nothing to do with the movies. We went and saw the first It installment of It on our one year anniversary, Mm -hmm. and it just so happens that It Chapter 2 came out on our three year anniversary. At least a weekend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not on the exact days, but, but yeah. So we went to go see part two. It, yeah, even we though after seeing part one. Neither of us were especially fond of it. I thought it was fine. Are we just getting into it? Yeah, should we do the first one first? Yeah, yeah, do housekeeping for number one. Although I'm going to tell you, everybody already knows it. It's like a has, but people love this. Just do it. Sorry. You know we've done movies that other people have seen. Yeah, but okay, just go. <laughs> so this is it. From 2017, I guess now it's It Chapter 1, if you want to put that retroactive name on it. No. Um, it was directed by Andy Muschietti. Muschietti? I, I'm probably butchering that. Argentinian filmmaker. He made the movie Mama from 2013. Haven't seen it. Uh, I have not either. I have heard it's good, though. Okay. Um, it was written by Chase Palmer. Um, Gary Dauberman, who has written a lot of the um, Conjuring Universe movies, another thing that I think shows in these movies. And it was also written by Kerry Fukunaga, who did the first season of True Detective. And, Ooh, I love the first season of well, True Detective. Well, Kerry Fukunaga was supposed to direct this movie initially, but, you know, if you believe these these rumors you read on the internet, Kerry Fukunaga wanted to make it much more graphic and dark Mm-hmm. And apparently even wanted to include that uh, infamous orgy scene that Stephen King has in the book. What? 
There's infamous. I haven't heard of it. It's not infamous. All the all the kids bang. What? In the book, yeah. Ew. They all have sex in the sewer together. Why? Because they're coming together as friends. What? I and that wasn't an innu- an innuendo. That was. It's supposed to be that they're like. You can tell they're. Uh, it's not like it controlling them or anything. No. They just get so nervous they bang. Well, I don't know about being nervous. It's supposed we have to, to read this it's book. We should have brought someone who had read the book. It's supposed to be um, in. Stephen King's uh, poisoned brain supposed to be a symbol of them coming together as friends. Literally. Yeah, evidently. They all just run train on Beverly is like actually what the book is. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that's so inappropriate. Yep. So, I mean, we can be glad they didn't um, commit that to film here. That's very nice. Can you imagine? <laughs> No, I cannot. So. I'm, oh um, my gosh, we have to stop the episode. I'm... <laughs> I don't, I'm so... Well, I'm sorry, but... This was infamous? Everybody knows this? Yeah, a lot of people know that. Why are you keeping me in the dark about this? Uh, Why are you trying to bring me out of the light now? Okay, well, anyways, the movie uh, stars, it it focuses just the... Let me back up. It, the book, flips between these these, uh, characters who live (laughs) in Derry, Maine, who have this sort of, like... Uh, coming of age oh. story where they're like menaced by <laughs> this supernatural creature who takes many different forms but the most famous of them is as Pennywise the dancing clown because each feed the, the, this evil being feeds on the fear of other people before it actually feeds on them like in their actual livelihood like eats them mm-hmm. um, but this movie so he picks a clown because that's what people are most afraid of? That's what kids are scared of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, clowns um, are scary. You were scared of clowns, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah. But, and he takes different, like, one of the characters, Eddie, is a hypochondriac, so he takes the form of, like, this, like, uh... Wheezing, sick. Like, like oozing, hobo kind of person. Yeah. That's, I'm not, that's what the character is. Is it called a hobo? Yeah. Okay, well, just no, hobo is not the correct word. Okay, well, I don't... It's what the the character's called, so I'm sorry. Okay, okay. But anyways, the first movie focuses just on the kids, and... um, The movie does, but not the book. The book is in sections like that. I just said the first movie. Okay, I'm just clarifying. I'm not listening to you. Yeah, I can tell. So, the the movie stars Jaden Lieberherr. Sure, as Bill Denborough, who's Dunborough. The stuttering one. Yeah, who's sort of the main character of this movie. Um, And then Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things plays the sort of foul-mouthed comic relief character, Richie. Sophia Lillis plays Beverly, who's like a redheaded tomboy who's... Lives with her offens- uh, offensive, abusive father. Um, then Wyatt Olaf is Stanley Uris, who's like sort of um, like an OCD-ridden, very frightened this is- Jewish child. Yeah, Stanley's the one who his dad is a rabbi, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. And he's very, you know... Tall. No, I was going to say by the book. Oh, <laughs> I don't think he's particularly tall. He's taller he? than most of the other kids. I think Bill's the tallest in the in the first one. Um, no, Beverly's yeah. tallest. No. Um, Chosen Jacobs plays Mike Hanlon, who's sort of like this really quiet, um, young black child who lives sort of outside of Derry proper, so he doesn't really mm-hmm. know the kids at the start of the story. Um, but they end up meeting up as they're both, as they're all terrorized by it no by this kid named henry bowers like a bully in the town oh yeah okay it's been a second <laughs> yeah i can tell <laughs> that as well i'm just keeping my mouth um, shut lucky for you and then Here there's a kid uh jack jack dylan grazer plays eddie who's that hypochondriac uh who lives with a mother who probably has munchausen by proxy so this ragtag bunch uh well in the book it takes place in the 50s uh, for the kids and then the adults in the 80s but this movie makes it a little more contemporary the kids are in the 80s and the adults are in the right now present day as I said though first movie just the kids and so you know Bill Danborough's brother goes his Georgie takes his little paper boat out into the rain 
and it goes down the street into a storm drain, and then as he goes to get it, who should be there but this mysterious clown in the sewer, Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Paid. Which was the, I'm sorry, I do remember, that was like the trailer for the... Uh, it wasn't the trailer, it was like an exclusive scene that they premiered before certain movies and you could, it was hard to find online, but I found it and showed it to you. Yes. And uh, Bill Skarsgård plays Pennywise. And uh, this this is probably the most famous scene from the TV series the TV miniseries, because Tim Curry plays Pennywise, and, like, that TV miniseries kind of sucks in hindsight, but I think for a lot of people who saw that or saw it on YouTube or whatever, it's pretty iconic stuff, and it's pretty freaky. Well, and you said you did think it was freaky and that it was good when you were younger. It was only when you revisited it as you were older that you were like, ugh. Well, yeah, and when I saw I went to see, what was it, Annabelle Creation or something kind of crappy by myself in Toledo and they played they had a preview for this movie before it and it was just most of the scene yeah uh, without the the climax of it and that turned out to be a really good selling point because it is the scariest scene probably in both of the movies and it is probably because it's one of the only one or two two or three Cases in which they let Bill Skarsgård actually just do his thing. Just do his thing with no, like, strapping him to a whole bunch of green screens and making him whatever. Like, they really just let him go. And I do, like, people are obsessed with him because I think he's cute or whatever, but I think he's actually good. Yeah, when they let him do his thing, he's a good actor. I hate like, super CGI effects, which is what, this scene that you're talking about, that was, like, the best scene which i think i mostly agree there's one scene in the chapter two that we'll get to that i think is pretty closely rivals it um for best scene and it is because bleachers yeah yeah which is a i mean we'll get to it but anyway it's a a copy of this scene yeah i know yeah so i mean both of the but both of them are ruined right at the end when they which they didn't show in the little trailer that you found on the internet to show me before we went and saw it was that they CGI him into, like, he goes to bite Georgie right, he's going to eat him. But he, like, gets this giant mouth with all these rows of, like, little shark teeth, and it, like, takes over, it becomes giant, and it just looks it funny. Looks it looks bad. I don't know. It looks shitty. And Not then- that it's really a way to make that look believable. Like, nobody opens their mouth, and it's a fucking shark's mouth. You know, that's hard, but it... It, yeah. it just looked bad. and. Yeah. And then on top of that, there's like this weird um, stroby effect that they do as Georgie has his arm ripped off, which I'll give them some props. They show a little kid get his arm bitten off. Like, that's pretty metal. You don't see that in too many movies. Jesus. Um, but as Georgie's trying to crawl away, they have this awful stroby effect and it's terrible. And then Pennywise pulls him into the sewer. And like, yeah, the CGI is bad, but I at least thought like, okay. Maybe it can be all right. But then the first movie rolls along, and in my case, I think I was expecting a scary movie. It's certainly how it was marketed. Yes. And it ends up being more akin to, like, um, like uh, just to pull from the Stephen King catalog, it's more like Stand By Me with a creepy clown. Yeah, honestly, and he, at the point when we had seen it, I had not seen a whole lot of horror movies now, where now I think I'm pretty strong and i'm pretty good at watching horror movies not to brag but i am <laughs> i was like sweating in my seat through the first 10 minutes i like wouldn't let go of your hand no, i was you so terrified i was looking like barely peeking through my hands i was like happy fucking anniversary i hate my life <laughs> and then by the end of it i was like oh that was kind of like a little bit of a spookier et like it's just a little creepy, but it's not... No, I actually... E.T. is one of my favorite movies. I don't well, know if that's I, the correct I, I, comparison. I think that the fact that this movie isn't scary, uh, the proof you can find is that entire families have gone to see both of these movies. Like, yes, they, they are an appropriate amount of scary for kids probably over the age of like nine years old. It's just, they're not scary. I think is. The takeaway. And, so, and so perhaps this is a fault, uh, a fault of my expectations. But the first movie, I just wanted it to be, t- to be scary, and it wasn't. And so I didn't like it. However, I will say that 
even though I didn't like the movie, it was at least, like, not boring and it wasn't a hunk of shit. Like, there, there's at least... <laughs> okay, you only ha- you only have this opinion now, now having seen Chapter 2. No, I didn't like it from 2017. I didn't like it and I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again. But I didn't think it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the kids are charming. The kids act pretty well and they're likable. Yeah, which and, is hard with kid actors. Yeah. It's hard to get a bunch of good ones. And, the, and they have some good laughs. I mean, I think the tone was a little strange. Like it was a, it was like a seesaw. It was like, here's a funny moment. Now this is supposed to be tense, and you kind of felt like, what am I supposed to be feeling? Yeah, and and they would, they would try and cut it with comic relief, which works sometimes, and other times it didn't. And then there's one weird moment where like, there's a famous scene in the story where Beverly gets all this blood splashed on her. And they're like, the adults can't see it, but the kids can. And so they come and they help her clean up her bathroom. And in the movie, they just like randomly have this 80s style cleaning montage set to a Cure song. It's like really strange. Um, Well, no, it's supposed to be like, look, it's like funny and 80s and we're cleaning this blood. But then within the actual context of the story or like the idea that they're trying to get across, it's like, why are we seeing it this way? You know, like it's it's just kind of fun for fun's Well, and I'll I'll also say that they sort of, they take a lot of the things from the first movie and try to just do them again in the second one differently, which is, you know, a common thing from for sequels to do but they do it so badly oh my god like i think that that scene with the cure and then there's one joke in the movie that's actually pretty funny in the first one where ben who's like a new kid and he's chubby and awkward and he sort of um gets a flame for uh Beverly. Oh, and I was like, a flame? What do you mean? Like a lighter? No, no you're I, old people talking yeah, for a crush. Yes. Okay. And It's hard to read you sometimes. You're like okay. an 85-year-old man in this body. Well, Beverly finds out that Ben likes new kids on the block, and that's sort of early in the movie. And then like halfway through the movie, they all the losers, that's their friend group name, the Losers Club, they all go to Ben's house because he's been doing this like research on on dairy and the missing kids and as he's telling them this tense thing she sort of like looks at him and closes his door and on the back of the door is a new kids on the block poster and it just like for three seconds snaps to all their faces and plays one of their songs and she gives them like a look like a winky kind of look Mm -hmm. and it was funny and cute yeah and then you know you know, I'm just gonna snap forward to the more yeah. recent movie. Are we- there's a th- well, there's a scene in it where they're going through this formulaic rote bullshit where every character has to do the same thing: confront their past. Yeah, are encounter- we just talking about the well, second one now? We will in a second. But there's Eddie's character. Eddie's adult character has to confront like the the oozing corpse. Uh, yeah, won't call him the hobo man, but that's no, that's what it says in the cast. But that character then, it's like tense and they're fighting and then the oozing corpse vomits on him and for two seconds it plays Angel in the Mirror, like an 80s pop song, and then it just cuts. And it like made no sense. I, th- I thought something got fucked up in the movie. Yeah. Like I didn't understand what happened. It was so strange and it cut all the tension and it just ruined the scene. Which wasn't very good to begin with, but it ruined it. I mean, so they basically tried to do the goofy tone thing with, like, the pop music that they did twice, at least once successfully and once kind of ant in the first one. They tried again in the second one, and it was terrible. Um, But I think that the, the main thing that holds the first one down is the bad CGI and the lack of scares. Every single thing follows the same formula. The C- the CGI just never works. They follow this formula where every scare is like... No, oh, there the is kids, one place that punctual- it works in the first one. Remember? Oh, in the fridge. Yes. Yeah, the fridge Pennywise okay. is in this... Um, they open up this fridge when they go to the creepy house where apparently Pennywise lives. And they open up the fridge door and he like rolls out of it like a like a rug. But it's actually kind of creepy. He's all, he's all like... Tightly wound like a coil, and he just sort of like undoes himself. But it doesn't look weird. Like I don't know. It looked it doesn't, cool. It doesn't look quite as shitty. And then yeah. 
So one uh, but, successful but, time. But then they let Bill Skarsgård be Pennywise for one of like, again, like one of the very few moments in the whole movie. Yeah. And he gets to like do this thing where, you know, Eddie's broken his arm and he's backing away from him and he keeps just like walking toward him and prat falling and like he, he's, he's making he, fun he, of yeah, him. He's crying. Like, it's yeah, it's good. It's good. And then and then they CGI it right at the end. Yeah. With like his mandible kind of like unhinging and like. Uh, and then by the end of the movie, it's just nonstop. They just like can't. Yeah. Quit. They, they have him up on a fucking stage floating in the air and they're playing oh all the circus God. music. He's dancing back and forth. Like it's With just, like that motion tracking thing on uh, him, which is super really weird. sickening. Um, Stupid. So, a lot of people really love that movie, though. You said highest grossing horror film ever? Yeah. It made, it made $700 million. I mean, wow. It's the highest grossing R rated movie of all time, I think. Like, it's insane. It made. It an, was rated R? Yes, it was. They didn't even have kids banging. <laughs> yeah, I know. How? how I'm just kidding. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Let but, it be known. But I mean, it got really good reviews. It got. It made a ton of money. It, people loved it. People, I mean, we did go see it. We paid our dues. Uh, we yeah. contributed to that, but we walked away like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I it was mean, disappointing. Well, and it, I, you know, I think that they're. I was disappointed because they also promised before the movie came out and like, maybe you should just never take these things at their word. Mm -hmm. But the filmmakers were like, we're going to try and use practical effects as much as possible. It's like, bullshit. They they clearly did not. And if no, they, they didn't. Um, and so, The only thing that they really let Bill Skarsgård do that his body can actually do, which he does in the beginning um, when he's killing Georgie, is one of his eyes like tracks off to the side and he like drools so one eye is looking for it and the other one like goes off to the left it's super creepy and i was like wow that was really believable looking and then we looked it up and he can just actually do that yeah like why would you get someone who can do stuff like that and then fucking... yeah so but you know if you want to try and be fair the movie was kind of funny Mm -hmm. reasonably entertaining it just wasn't scary and personally it wasn't what i was looking for yeah i'm realizing you're more disappointed when you have expectations so i think yeah, if you which... just didn't ever expect anything well <laughs> things would be better for you well here we go disproving oh, yeah. that chapter so, two so the f but let me just say the first one 35 million dollar budget which is not paltry so perhaps i should have been more weary when the cgi was that shitty but i thought you know okay they were doing some complicated stuff. They had to think of... It's like an abstract kind of villain. They mm -hmm. kind of had to do some weird stuff. I guess. So what did did the budget, they do? The, they, the, there's the no way they did that kind of effects, though, in the in the TV one. No, they didn't. Was it that one scary or no? No. I oh, mean, well, oh. Tim Curry's scary, but... Okay. Because they actually have more of Tim Curry, like, being the creepy clown. Yeah. Um, But they, like, more than doubled the budget for It Chapter 2. But as it seems to be turning out they use most of that on the casting because they bring in some heavy hitters for the adult cast they brought in jessica chastain and james mcavoy and bill Hader. bill Hader. um so bill Hader, i love you yeah 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 uh jessica chastain's beverly um james mcavoy's bill who sort of takes a back seat in this one yeah um, seriously uh bill Hader is richie which is a dead ringer very good uh, i think finn wolfhard actually made that recommendation and good call and bill Hader steals the show um isaiah mustafa plays mike isaiah mustafa is the old spice guy from like 10 years ago if you happen to remember those commercials i do not um, the, the one with the horse yeah okay yep and then some dude named jay ryan whom i've never heard of plays ben you know he was chubby, now he's chiseled and and successful and whatever. <laughs> and then James Ransone plays uh, Eddie, the uh, hypochondriac. hypochondriac. And uh, Andy Bean plays Stanley, which, spoiler alert, Stanley doesn't make it very far into this movie, so we won't be talking about Stanley very much. Or uh, Andy Bean, which is a shame because what a great name. That is a solid name, actually. Um, but... My name's Andy. Andy Bean. So. <laughs> I run a coffee shop called Andy Beans Beans. No, wait. Andy Beans' is Beans. Okay. Now what to would the talk, plural Now to talk about It Chapter 2. My... <laughs> it would be a possessive, so it would just be an apostrophe S. Andy Beans Beans. And the first Beans would be apostrophe S. The second Beans would be plural. 
So it'd just yes. be an S. Can we talk about the movie? Yeah. This okay. is about the movie. It was not. I'm sorry that Anyways, you no possessive. So my expectations for this movie were at the floor. The floor, uh, and it was a three-year anniversary. So that was good going in being like, well, this is going to be shit happy anniversary. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. But we still had a nice time. Yeah. And we like kind of had riff tracks going. It was fun. Um, well, the theater we went to was one where they have those reclining chairs. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Um, that so. was that was your specific request. I did, yes. Um, but I like when the chairs lean back. Shortly before this movie came out, the reviews started to be pretty lukewarm. People said it was too long, that it wasn't scary, yeah, and that it wasn't as good. And I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to like it very much. And sure as the sky is blue. During the day when the sun's out. Yeah, it was bad. Um, so there are certain things about the movie that I've come since to realize are in the book. But I don't think it really changes it. So like, Yeah, the, I'm sorry. That's not an excuse. Because like, they change other he, parts of the yeah, story significantly. Like the first one all focuses on the kids. And in the book it goes back and forth pretty rapidly. So I understand if you want to have one movie that's the kids. And then the second movie have all the adults but they don't do that they structure the second movie like the book where they have a bunch of structure aside i mean they remove consequential parts of the plot Uh, yes i found out at the beginning of this episode well there's also like a mystic turtle that guides them on their journey to defeat pennywise that's a huge part who's the turtle it's a turtle okay Okay. Like a magic turtle? Yeah. It's like God. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So that's not in the movie at all. No. Yet for some reason, this movie opens with a part two. Opens with a vicious and incredibly graphic like homophobic hate crime. That that is so awful. I mean, the explanation I've seen from people who are trying to make excuses like a bunch of. They're like, it's proof that Derry is an evil town and Pennywise is feeding on their fear i didn't bullshit yeah pennywise is just feeding on the weak which like sure that's fine but why what is the necessary point of showing this kind of really vile scene and then it never like i'm i I like dark movies and i think that you can show dark things in movies but i also yeah especially because like those dark things actually happen in real life but it should serve some sort of point and so there's no purpose stephen king has this written into the book and like stephen king wrote it in the 80s and like from what i've read i haven't read the book you know really stereotypy gay characters and like it just it, it happens but in the movie they're still stereotypy, which a movie made in 2019, they're kind of stereotypy, and then nothing happens. Like, There's no, no the consequence ca- the char- or conclusion. You just see this very graphic, and here's the thing, it really has nothing to do with Pennywise. Can I break this down? Because this was actually really upsetting to me. Yeah. It's two guys, and they're at the dairy fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is from dairy, and one of them is not, and they, you know, it as time comes to pass, as the scene goes on, like, they're going to move to New York together. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been together for a while, whatever. They're playing, like, a carnival game. And one of the guys wins, and he, but he hands his prize off to a little girl who lost. I don't know. Like, you're just seeing this kind of sweet scene. And then all of a sudden, they're walking, they're starting to walk away from the fair. And this group well, of... Well, they give each other a kiss. Yeah, they give each other a kiss and then a group of people is seen like visibly upset and kind of heckles them as somebody who hadn't read the book i thought um one of them was gonna be henry bowers like the bully from the first movie who you know he gets violent at the end of the first one yeah like at pennywise's direction so they walk away um from, it's not him spoiler alert. Uh, yeah spoiler <laughs> alert it's not him and they like go they leave the fair like they're off the fairgrounds but they're not that far like you can see the fair in the distance they're over a bridge with water and like the carnival is maybe halfway down the street and these like as it's described in the plot summary a group of homophobic youths which no they were not youths they were like their age there was one sort of kid you know like maybe a teenager but the rest of them look like young adults Mm -hmm. you know um follow them and just start beating the absolute crap out of them 
so much so and then they beat one of them so bad he's having like he has asthma you can see because he like has his inhaler and they like kick his inhaler away just like awful awful shit that they then decide to pick up his body like it seems like they're they just kind of hate gay people which is like not cool but they just kind of well, hate gay people they're just kind well, of harassing them they use a lot of slurs they use a lot of slurs and then they beat them up and it's like okay shit this is really serious and then they're basically beating this guy to death and then they pick him up and throw him over the bridge into the river so this is like escalated Mm -hmm. from like some heckling all the way to fucking murder and it's not until we see penny we don't even see pennywise it's not even about it or the monster until the guy's drowning like barely awake going down the river he's helpless and afraid in the middle of the river and pennywise like reaches out his hand takes him out of the river and so there, there, there are a I lot mean, of there are just a lot of different ways to have accomplished the same idea that like Pennywise feeds on the hopeless and the fearful without this like really excessive like hate crime scene. Which again, I I'm I'm fine with you know disturbing stuff in the movies, but it doesn't come around. There's it serves no, no purpose. There's no commentary on homophobia and dairy. These kids uh, slash adults who perform this violent crime never come back around these characters the the boyfriend who's killed and uh his partner who survives and sees it never comes back around back to be like yeah i did see a creepy clown it was just really weird and it's a weird way to open the movie like Maybe in the book, in some sort of context, that makes a little more sense. I'm I don't not sure. Know. I haven't read the book. Well, but neither just, do I. But I it's mean, a the whole point is supposed to be that the whole thing is supposed to be that um, Mike, who's the only kid who stayed in Derry, um, hears it over the police scanner and is like, "Oh my God, this signifies that Pennywise is back." And because he goes to the crime scene and he sees on the bridge, like written in blood, it says like, "Come home, come home, come home." And he's like, "Oh God, this means he's resurfaced." But it was like, did it have to be this like hate crime that meant that he resurfaced? Well, like it there's didn't. A, but there's a better scene. It's like not... twenty no twenty minutes later with that girl at the baseball yes. game. That would have been a much better way to much have better done opening it. and follows Pennywise's mo, which is children yeah neither one of these guys were children yeah it was bizarre and awful yeah i mean i think maybe the only way in which it would relate is that it makes it clear that he can go after adults which all the main characters are adults but that's really stretching it yeah i mean it just it it really didn't serve the framing of it didn't serve a purpose and it was a weird way to open this movie yeah and then it only gets worse from there it cuts well actually i mean i i mean no, it, gets, no, the, it gets worse in terms of it's just like a shit movie. Yeah, but just a shit movie. It's not like it's outwardly offensive. No, but. no. But that, that first scene was just like, why the fuck? I don't know. So then... I, I haven't seen so many complaints. Like, I wonder I wonder if we're really just too, like, sensitive about it. But I don't think so. I think no. it was really weird. Yeah, it wasn't... I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Could have easily been rewritten to adapt it to 2019. Just saying. Um, or to have some kind of consequence or follow through or some large connection to the plot. Like It felt like just watching a hate crime just to watch a hate crime, which I don't to be enjoy shocking, doing. To be yeah. shocking. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. Um, um, but then from there, Mike like sees the crime scene, sees the like come home written in blood, cuts, and oh my God, there's 10 million fucking cuts in this scene where he calls all the other losers and is like, it's back. You have to come home. This is the whole movie. The movie's almost three hours long and they have each character has to like hear. The whole movie is just like shreds of the same thing happening to each character. They hear that it's back. They have to come to Derry. They have to get something confronting their past which involves a brief a a brief a brief encounter with pennywise in one form or another Mm -hmm. and then the final battle and that whole like all of that like it's it's just it has to happen for each of the six main characters which takes so much time and here's the thing like mike or i guess five characters yeah five because recipe is stanley um but mike like you could see or no it's six plus mike right right but I mean, six Mike's, with, it's Mike's kind of Mike. like the guide yeah. of it. You don't really see it happening to him as much because he's 
kind of guiding them through it because he's the only one that stayed in Derry, which is, by the way, a super confusing thing. Maybe it's not confusing in the book, but it, it like wasn't immediately obvious, but then becomes obvious that as soon as you leave Derry, you just forget everything. So not just like we were kids and I don't really remember what happened, you know, like some Polar Express shit with Santa yeah. Claus. You know what I'm talking also, about. Also, why is Mike the one who stayed stays to be the librarian and not ben who was the one who's always in the library in the first as a kid i don't just i know that's something from the book take it up with stephen king i don't know come on but but here's the thing with the things that like you see one thing happen to a character and then you see it happen four more times to the other four characters that are going through like mike calls um right away who does he call does he call bill right away i think so i think he calls bill first and he's like it's back you have to come back to dairy and bill's like oh what what's happening and then you cut to what do you know he's calling ben and he's like ben it's back you have to come back to dairy and ben's like what oh god then cut to beverly another horrible abuse scene where she just gets beat up by her husband after taking this call from mike there, there's some sort of like subtle commentary well Subtle is not what the right word. Unaddressed, unresolved commentary about Beverly and uh, Eddie. I guess maybe it's that they like... Because Eddie has married a woman who looks like his mother. And as I found out later in the cast, is played by the woman who played his mother, which oh, is really? actually kind of funny. That's hilarious. And Beverly has married a man who is abusive to her, just like her father. So the, there's some sort of commentary about like... like staying attached to your trauma even though you've left dairy but like yeah but here's the thing you but don't it's ever done, see but it's done badly it's done so badly and here's the thing beverly in the first movie you don't ever see her get beat oh, by that's her. not true not like it was in this movie though yeah. this guy takes out a fucking belt and starts whipping her yeah i mean there is a pretty brutal beat scene in the first movie but it isn't uh, I will give you that it is more violent in this It's one. more violent and it's also kind of unclear because she gets this call from Mike and is like, what? I have to go back to Derry like the past two people we've already... I was like, yeah, we get it. Let's get a move on. I've mm. seen this scene before. But then all of a sudden her husband gets up and is like, what's up, honey? And she's like, oh, my friend called. I have to go back to Derry. Like we made this promise to each other that we would come back. And he was like, oh, okay. And she's like, don't be mad. And he's like, I'm not mad. And then he just turns around and starts hitting her. It's like, what? Well, he like, makes some accusation that she's cheating on him. and Yeah. It's like, I'm mad that you're a liar. And she's like, like, I'm not a liar. And then yeah. he, I don't know. And then that just, and then so she just leaves. She never, leaves. Never to be talked about never again. Never to be talked about again. Like Doesn't the, even ever mention if, she has If the husband. whole thing is just that they have unresolved trauma, so they've just stuck to it. Like, I don't know. It's not very clever. It's not very well done. But they do this for every single member of the story. And then they come back to Derry, you know, except for Stanley. Well, except for Stanley, because, because after Mike calls Stanley, and is like, you got to come back. Stanley's like, himself. what? And he just then Because for suicide. some reason, he's the only one of them who's managed to remember some of what happened to him. In yeah, Derry. big plot hole. Um, just poorly. Yeah, done. this is like but, Swiss cheese. But they go, they go to Derry and they go to some Chinese restaurant and they have no chemistry together whatsoever. There's like this scene where they're sitting around the table. All supposed and to be joking around. Like, like we're kids the again. Shit and it, oh, it it's just, awkward. It, it's terrible. I think it's supposed to be a scene where it's like one of the hearts of the movie. It's like, wow, they're really friends. And which, which is something that the kids sold really well in the yes. first movie. These adults don't. They do not feel like real friends <laughs> at all. They don't even feel... Like awkward friends trying to get it back together. They feel like like movie stars in a shitty sequel. Um, And this (laughs) is where the bad CGI returns. There's like this goofy scene with all these like fortune cookies with bugs jump, like with baby faces jumping out of them. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. The bugs have baby faces on them and they're crawling all around. I don't know. It could be metal. It wasn't. Yeah. And and we also see that Henry Bowers is still alive and in a, in a mental hospital yeah. with a mullet still and yeah he still has a mullet and he's just you know Looney Tunes and he is revisited by Pennywise who wants him to finish his quest to kill yeah. all the losers but like that's poorly executed throughout the movie and he's barely in it he barely even comes close doesn't even come close. Um, 
And so then the movie proceeds for like a full hour as each of the losers has to go get an artifact from their past to fulfill the criteria of this like Native American tribe. You know, where have we heard that one before in horror movies? Um, to banish it from Earth. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not sure how much of that's in Stephen King's original. I know that, like, he basically made the Native American ritual thing, like, a trope by himself, almost. Yeah, he did. So, I mean... Boo to Stephen King. But, anyways, I think that they sort of tweaked it because the... I know that there is a ritual, but it's, like, handed down by the turtle in the book. And they... <laughs> this fucking turtle. Yeah, I know. So I, I don't know how much of that, um, just Gary Doberman wrote the second one. And again, he's done like conjuring movies. So I, again, I think it shows. Um, but yeah, there's an hour long sequence where each character goes off on their own to get this artifact. They and they have to go alone and they explain it in the super bullshit way, which is really just like, you didn't have enough money to put all these guys together for enough filming where they could all, you know, correct. They yeah. did not have enough time. They're like we got to go alone cause it, you gotta Gotta go alone. And each one follows the same exact beats. They go somewhere uh, from the first movie, and they encounter some... There's a flashback. Flashback with a kid, where they encounter Pennywise in some form, and then they themselves have to encounter him in some form, and then we move on to the next character. Every single one follows that formula. Yep. I mean, to the point where, after you've seen it twice... it's just, it gets exhausting. It was so boring. Uh, You're like, please, God, is this my anniversary? Yes. We get it. It was a bad movie for the anniversary. <laughs> no, it was supposed to be fun because we saw the other one. Well, it's not our fault that they made it such shit. It they is. They shouldn't, didn't they know? I will say, I mean, we sort of mentioned this earlier. There's one scene that sort of happens apropos of nothing. Apropos of nothing. In this movie where we see a baseball game in Derry and there's like this little girl with a birthmark on her face. Which she is actually the little girl that one of the guys from the first scene at the carnival when he wins the carnival game, he gives his prize, which, you know, is like a little stuffed animal. He gives it to her and is like, thanks for letting me win. And she like feels, she smiles at him. I which, don't know. which I feel like we're supposed to interpret as meaning as something because in horror, mo- like in good movies when they have links like that, it's usually means something, but in this movie, it doesn't mean shit. Yeah. So I hardly even noticed. Emma had to point that out to me afterwards. I'm very observant. But anyways, this girl goes under the bleachers chasing a lightning bug, and who should be there but Pennywise the sad clown, because nobody likes him. And this is one of the only times in this movie, in this, uh, it's not a trilogy, this, this saga, this two, two-parter, that Bill Skarsgård gets to actually act, and he does a phenomenal job and he i mean he's terrifying because because pennywise just through dialogue just through his intonation and mannerisms lures this girl in and you know it as the audience member what he's doing Mm -hmm. and he's like claiming that people call him names and they're mean to him just like they're mean to her and like she has a birthmark and you feel you it just hurts your soul because he's feeding on her insecurities and he and, promises that he can make her birthmark go away. Yeah, and it's it's just like almost heart-wrenching. And then I actually think that it ends better than the Georgie one because the, C- the CGI is quick and it is over and they don't really draw too much attention to it. Yeah. And the scene was just well executed. It was it was scary. And really I mean, the it wasn't, only it CGI wasn't, is that he gets a big mouth and chomps her. Yeah, and I mean it wasn't scary but it was uncomfortable and unsettling it was a little scary because the whole thing is that he's like i can make it go like i can make it go away on a count of three and he's counting down and he's like all right three two and then there's a pause which and builds a very drooling. good tension he's drooling the eye he's doing his cool well, I mean, eye thing and then she it's turns the back and is like you're supposed to say three and then he chomps like it's well that's what good. i'm saying though i mean it's like the the one thing i count against it is that it is like essentially note for note the same as the georgie scene yes well um turns out that's just it's just the all making can, of a sequel it's all they can do um but by the end of the movie you know bill Hader has at least kept things interesting by being funny sometimes um 
but, he's really shouldering. But there's a lot of bad dialogue. There's bad... Um, when, when they keep doing these flashbacks to the kids, they, like, de-age the kids so that they look like they did when they made the original movie. Because I don't know if they expected to use the kids as much because... But then the movie was a big hit, so they had to bring them all back. But they've gone through puberty, so they had to use, like, a digital... Did they? Yeah. Did so you then, read about this? I didn't realize this. Well, I thought it when I watched the movie, and I read about it afterwards, and they actually did this. So they, what is it? De-aging, which they do to, like, usually do to adults when they're trying, like, like in Tron Legacy, they de-age I... Jeff Bridges to make him look like he was 30 instead of, like, 60. And this movie that Scorsese's doing this year, The Irishman, like, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci go through de-aging, so they look like they're 30 instead of, like, 70 or 80. It's, like... A digital effect to make you look younger like the baby face filter on snapchat yeah but it 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 basically has not worked it's really it goes into the uncanny valley and it looks weird yeah. and it looks weird on these kids they look plastic yeah and they do look a little even doll-like. even more distracting to me which i know i pointed out to you in the theater mm-hmm. and this is particularly true with eddie they've manipulated his voice yeah it and so sounds like they, a fucking the, voiceover they either like pitched it or they sped it up or they did they did something to it and it sounds weird and it was distracting it didn't look like it fit his mouth it just looked weird yeah and it, it looked really, like we were watching a bootleg version yeah, even it, though we were in our comfy recliner theater well, chairs and something about the plot the the nature of how their faces look it's got like this soft glow on it so it did look like again like the baby face filter well, but like a bootleg like somebody had filmed it on a yeah. camcorder i mean it looks shitty um, and so they, and they have bad overdubs. There's like one scene I remember in particular where Bill Hader is talking about like, we're going to be going somewhere and the camera is like panning around the group and they have a shot where he's clearly not talking while audio of him is playing. Yeah. I mean, it's just like some really sloppy shit in this movie. And, um, I, I get that they did their best for the ending, which is like, uh, you know, like some sort regarded of regarded as a weird, well, it's a, yeah, weird metaphysical thing. And they had to get Bill Skarsgård involved because he's too popular. So they make the the infamous spider at the end of the story, a spider clown so that Bill Skarsgård could still be involved. But it just like, at the very least, I'll give them this. It's the one time the movie committed to its sensibilities. It was like just an over the top CGI extravaganza. Yeah. They just let it out of the, let it out of the bag. <laughs> like, um, eh. And it just, I know I'm forgetting a lot of shit. There was a lot of weird, bad dialogue, hokey lines. Like, it doesn't matter. There's so, we've already pointed out so much poop. Well, but the thing is, is that it's hard to remember because it's also three fucking hours long. Yes, And it's like one of the worst three hour long movies I've ever seen because it's over long and everything in the movie is underdeveloped, which is like, I would have thought that was impossible to do. But they really don't develop any of the characters effectively at all the story goes nowhere could have been over in 30 minutes Uh, seriously (laughs) and you wouldn't even have to have seen the first movie that was so popular because there were so many flashbacks that like half of them were in the original movie and half of them are like new scenes but had happened in the first movie but weren't shown you know like people aren't going to listen to this and take a recommendation to not see it or whatever but yeah, i no, think that no one's listening for that but anyone anyone with a brain would should just stop after the first one the first one works as a standalone movie and it's decent and it's fine most people i think are gonna enjoy it this movie fucking sucked <laughs> and like i i haven't left the theaters in a while feeling it so disappointed like it was really bad. I know. We um, had to get that cheese plate appetizer. That was the, a good way to make up for yeah, it. Yeah. And our uh, anniversary dinner that we were like, now we got to go out to dinner and make it better. I know. Got, it was a good cheese plate. It was. Much it was better than dinner. the movie. It was a good dinner. There was notes. of There was complications. There was cheese. I don't know. Just pour, Just don't see it. I don't know. No I, I don't know. No one's listening for recommendations. You're right, but just... Well, I just, you know, I I listened to an interview the other day with Andy Muschietti. He was on The Big Picture, like the Ringer podcast, and I don't know. He... he I know you're not going to, like, shit talk yourself or anything, but he just... 
he talked like he really tried hard to be like making a thoughtful adaptation but you could also hear the exact things that caused him to go awry like trying to overstuff the movie essentially yeah and i you know it was a bummer it was just a it was a bummer and uh i i, I don't know i i think that this book this story has got to be very hard to adapt and on that basis i mean he should feel very proud he brought this very abstract story to the big screen and you know tons of people have paid uh, a lot of money to go see it um but boy i just don't like it and i don't see i don't see what there is to like about these movies um especially the second one i i I just don't get it so yep I think a lot of people still disagree with us on this, but I, I, I really even for the second. I mean, the first. I one think more I did, people it was a fan favorite. More people are willing to admit that the second one wasn't great, but I don't think. I I don't know. I think some people still just are so enamored with the imagery. It was pretty culturally ubiquitous. People like Pennywise. People like Bill Skarsgård. You know. Yeah. But. Uh, I don't know. I wish they would have just let Bill Skarsgård run with it a little bit more. But yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So, uh, that was just like... By far the worst thing we've done for an anniversary ever, but we can just do something better next time, right? That's right, as long as they don't make an It Part 3. Oh my god. <laughs> no, what? No. So They're for... not going to. Stop. I bet you they make a spinoff. I bet you they do. A too much. There's where? more Pennywise. Too much money on the table for that. Oh my god! I bet you they do it. Money rules everything around me. Yes, but anyways, thanks for listening to almost an hour of us drabbling on oh, about it? how bad these movies are and how much we don't like them. Mm-hmm. Sure, that was a lot of fun for those of you who stuck in. So uh, yeah, thank well. you for coming with us on the shit parade. Hope you liked having shit thrown at you. And on that note. Hope you have a nice Monday. Yeah. We'll be back soon. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.